mentioned last week, I had some folks was teasing me at the end of the service last week about hitting the pause button, and uh, I quit right in the middle of what I was saying. I'm not going to try to re re-preach that sermon to you again, uh, but just to remind you, I was talking about Simeon and Anna, uh, two characters during Christmas that we don't usually hear a lot about. Simeon was, uh, was an old man and had been praying for, he said, the consolation of Israel, the comfort of knowing that God was once again speaking to his people. Remember for 400 years there had been nothing from God. The period of silence between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew. We had those years of silence when God really hasn't, hadn't given any new revelation. And Simeon was an old man and had been praying. He called it the consolation or the comfort of Israel. To know that God was speaking again. And when Jesus was born, of course, uh, it was the sign that God again had begun to deal with the nation Israel. And then Anna had been praying. She had, as a young woman, had lost her husband and had spent the rest of her life in the temple praying and fasting and seeking God, she said, for the redemption of Israel. Not only was, was she interested in God speaking again, but she was interested in, in the salvation of the nation Israel. What a great, what two great characters that we don't hear a whole lot about. There are just a couple of things that I did not get to mention last week about the wise men that I'm going to take time just to go over briefly with you. First of all, I'd say, where is Jesus in your life? Remember, Herod wanted to know, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Let me ask you, where is Jesus in your life? Is he, at, is he on the front? Or is he somewhere in the background? Because I think that's a good question for us to ask, especially in this day of so much confusion and there's so much hatred and I hate to use that word, but it's, it's so true and so relevant in this day. Let me ask you, where's Jesus in the middle of all that we think about and that we talk about? And I want to say to you that worship will move you from where you are to where He is. Now think about that for a moment. When you truly begin to see Him for who He is... You will try to get close to Him because you will begin to recognize that He offers something that you don't have and so you will move from where you are to where He is. One of the problems that I see with many people today, they want the church to come to their level. You know, we want the church to appeal to us. Folks, it ain't about us. It's about Him. It's about the kingdom of God. So it should never be about the church coming down to our level. It should be about us getting to the level of the kingdom of God. So true worship will make you move from where you are to where He is. Amen. I don't want the church to change for me. I want to change for the kingdom of God so that I can relate to Him and His kingdom. Thirdly, 
I want to tell you, Satan wants to kill the Jesus in your life. Remember, Herod's whole ambition was to kill him just like he had once before had given orders to kill all of the male babies. And Herod wants the Jesus in your life to never grow and to never become big and strong within you. And one of the interesting things, and I'm, and I'm just, Christmas this time in Scripture just opened up to me more things than I think I've ever seen before. The wise men opened their gifts to him. Now that's a, that is a profound statement. So many people never open their gifts to the Lord. They're walking around with their gifts. Their gifts are still boxed up. Their gifts are still under their control. Remember, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. They open to them their gifts. And those three gifts were considered the most valuable gifts that anyone could have. No one ever got gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You got one or the other. Gold was the very most valuable metal that anyone could possibly imagine. What could you do that would be more valuable or would mean more than giving gold? I mean, what do you do for an encore? Gold was the most precious thing that you could get. That means God wants our wealth. He wants our wealth because that is what means most to most people. And then the frankincense was extremely valuable. It came from certain roots of trees and, 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 and it was made into a gum-like surface a substance, it was mingled with the other elements in the temple and was used for worship. God wants our worship. He wants our wealth. He wants our worship. So they opened their gifts, the most valuable things they had. They gave Him their gold. They gave Him their worship. And then it was also myrrh. Among the many Among the many uses of myrrh, it was used to anoint the bodies of the dead. And it's indicating God wants our life. He wants our wealth. He wants our worship. And He wants our life. In other words, God wants us to open all of it up to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And one more thing. I'm I'm, I'm still doing the Christmas story. One more thing, once you come into His presence, you can't go out except another way. You'll have to go another way. You won't be able to be the same person that you were before. Glory to God. I could stop and shout right there. Hallelujah. Once you see Him, once you recognize Him, you'll have to go out Another way. Glory to God. Speaking of which, tomorrow we start another way. We start a new year. We start a new beginning. We start a new promise. A new hope. A new horizon. 
a new rising sun, a new opportunity to get it right. Now, a lot of us, the past year, wasn't maybe the best year that you've ever had, but God has been good and faithful. There'll be millions of people that tonight, about midnight, will watch this big, giant, geodesic ball fall in Times Square. Millions of people around the world will watch it. They will toast each other and they will, they will sing that they made it through the year. Their greatest accomplishment is that they're still alive. The greatest thing they've got to be happy about is the fact that I survived and I made it as if life is that much of a struggle. Let me tell you, life is a blessing. Let me tell you, God is good to us every day of our life. I don't consider life a struggle. I consider life a blessing. Glory to God. God is good every day. Hallelujah. I want you to turn with me as we look today in the book of Joshua, chapter 1. And in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, I want you to see something because it's a change for the nation Israel. It said chapter 1, verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. Let me pause there for just a moment. God is reassuring the nation that even though Moses is dead, God's not dead. Even though the past is the past, God is still very much involved in your future. And the worst thing that we can do is to get so hung up on the past that it affects our future. The only way it should affect it is to remind us that God has been faithful through all of your past trials and struggles and tribulations and God has been faithful every time and He will be faithful right on in the years to come. That's the contribution that our past should make to us. The people were concerned. They had been, they had been for 40 years. They had been circling the mountain over and over and over again. Now all of a sudden, Moses' life is over. He's dead now. And I'm sure the people are wondering what's going to happen. Which way is things going to go now? We don't have Moses anymore. We can't lean on him for guidance and direction. We're going to have to look in a different way. But God's told Joshua, even though Moses is dead, he said, I'm not dead. And I'm going to remind you, he said, and my servant is dead, so therefore arise and go over this Jordan. For 40 years, they've been on the precipice. For 40 years, they've been wandering in this big circle. 
And now all of a sudden, the will of the Lord begins to change and shift. Don't be afraid for the Lord to do something different in you. Don't be afraid for the Lord to open up new frontiers. Don't be afraid for God to to bless you and to anoint you to blaze new trails that you've never been in before. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Hallelujah. And watch what God can do. He said Moses is dead, but he said I want you to know the past is behind you and you're going to get ready to do things in a whole different way. You're no longer going to be nomads picking up your tents and moving from place to place. You're now going to become property owners. You're going to begin to settle down. You're going to begin to take up residence and dominance in the land that I'm going to show you. You're going to leave your tents and move into houses. You're going to become something special and something real. You're going to stop eating manna now and you're going to start eating the crops that you have harvested and have become real in your life. Don't be afraid for God to do something different for you this year. Don't be afraid if the Lord moves on you in a different way. All of this time, they've been defending themselves against the enemy. They've spent those 40 years fighting off their enemies. Their whole life has been one army would attack them after the other and they would spend their time just defeating and trying their best to keep their heads above water. They've been almost in a period of just never having quite enough. You know, God was ministering to them every day in a miraculous way. There was a pillar of cloud by day and there was a pillar of fire by night. It was there every day. They never had to wonder or guess whether or not God was there. The miracles were obvious. When they needed water, water came out of a rock. When they needed or wanted food, of course, when the dew would dry in the mornings, there would be manna on the ground. So every time, then they started grumbling about having all this manna and they're so tired of it. So God began to send them quail, began to send them meat. Every day, there was an obvious miracle in their life. But now they've come to the place that they have to begin to grow up. They have to begin to step out in real faith. They've up until now have done nothing but just trust and watch what the Lord would do for them every single day. But now it's different. And they have a word from the Lord that says the Lord is with you. He is there. You, that's all you need to know that the Lord is with you. Caleb and Joshua were the only two that were left out of a whole generation of people. They had gone into as spies, had been one of the twelve who went into the promised land, the land of Canaan. 
And they came back with their report and ten of them said, oh, it's a good land, but it's filled with giants. And we look like grasshoppers compared to those giants. We don't stand a chance. But Caleb and Joshua said, yes, there are giants in the land, but our God is able. He is able. He is bigger. And He is greater than those giants. Well, obviously, they ignored Caleb and Joshua. And now that whole generation has died out. And nobody's left but Caleb and Joshua. Be careful what you say. Be careful the report that you give from what the Lord is doing in your life. If you talk in death and destruction, if you're talking failure and never enough, that's the way your life is going to go. But if you will talk that the Lord is a God of plenty, He is the El Shaddai, He is more than enough. If you will talk about Him as being the one who not only will meet the need, there'll be 12 baskets full of fragments that you can gather up at the end of the journey. If you speak the right stuff, you can have the right stuff and you'll live a lot longer and you'll live in an age, hallelujah, when you'll be a blessing and an example to other people. God knows there's enough of these people in the world who's putting down everything. We need some Christian folks who are lifting up the name of the Lord. They didn't believe Caleb and Joshua. So once again, they sent spies. Those spies went into the home of a harlot named Rahab. And that harlot named Rahab saved them. Glory to God. I want to tell you, you need to learn who to listen to in your life. You need to learn who to pay attention to and who's talking to you. Be careful who you allow to speak into your life. It's so important that you get men and women of God who are anointed by the Holy Ghost and are full of the power of God and allow them to speak to you. Glory to God. Because of unbelief. Because of unbelief, they wasted 40 years wandering in the wilderness. I want to tell you, I want to tell you what Rahab told them when she recognized what it was. Rahab said, I know that the Lord has given this land to you. A great fear of you have fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard, I like this, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And we have heard what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. That's in Joshua chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. I want to tell you when the world begins to hear about your God and the God that you believe in and the God that you talk about and the God that rules your life, whenever they begin to see Jesus Christ in you, it's going to give them hope to believe that there is a true God in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
forever and forever. Woo! Glory. God is great. I was sitting out there in the congregation yesterday as this wedding was going on and I was looking around and I was thinking about 2017 was the 35th year of this church age. Started in 1982 and right on through this year made 35 years of ministry. And I looked around and I said, God, how good you are. This is just an infant church in relation to the age of most churches. This church is just an infant. But to see what the Lord has done. And not only these beautiful facilities that God has blessed us with. And we say to God, be all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. Not only that, but the relationships that we have forged. The love that we have developed for one another. The feeling of family and inclusion that we try to be deliberate about. How we can feel like we're a part of something special. God has been good. When we look at all of that, that Jesus said, when He told them, He said, now, I want you to understand. Look at verse 3. In, in chapter 1 of Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Glory to God. Be strong, be strong, be strong, and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear to their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. God said, if you will put your hand to the task, if you will understand that I am with you just like I was in 2017, I will be with you in 2018 and everything that you put your hand to, I have blessed it. My hand is upon it and you will be blessed, saith the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a great change 
in the leadership of Israel now. It's not going to be that it's going to be automatic for God just to have the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. All of that's gone. That's over. And I know a lot of us like to talk about the way it used to be. A lot of us like to think about the days that are long gone now. But I want to remind myself and you, they are gone and they'll never come back again. Those are good memories for us. They brought us to where we are. They made us into the men and women we are. But I want to tell you, God has already given a command. He said, go across this Jordan. Well, Lord, why should we go across the Jordan? We've been circling this mountain for 40 years. Now there's a change in direction. God said, arise and go across this Jordan. You've been, you've been treading water long enough. Everybody knows what treading water is. You're not swimming. You're not, all you're doing is staying right where you are. And he said, no more of that. We're going to go cross this Jordan. And he said, don't you worry. Just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And I challenge you that this year we're going cross the Jordan. We're going cross whatever obstacle is in the way. We're going to go across it in the name of Jesus. For we all are aware how God rolled back the waters of the Jordan and allowed them to walk across. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I was reading about the story of a man, it said, who wanted to demonstrate his faith in God. So he went to church one day and he made a promise to God that he was going to depend on God and God alone to supply all of his needs. He quit his high-ranking job in a big family, in a big company, Soon he was forced to move out of his expensive home into a small house in a poor neighborhood. Time went by and he ran low on food. The first night he prayed for God to send him food. The next morning he walked outside expecting to find food, but nothing was there. He figured he hadn't prayed fervently enough, so he dedicated the second day to praying for God to send food. The next morning came and still no food. Again, he prayed all day long. God, you can do anything. I know you can send me food. And again, he walked outside in the morning, no food. By this time, he was getting desperate. So he cried out in prayer, God, send a miracle or I will die of hunger. When he had prayed all he could, he fell back on his bed exhausted. In the silence, he heard a still, small voice calling his name. I'm here, Lord, he cried in relief. Are you finally answering my prayer? I've been answering your prayers, the voice replied. You've just been looking in the wrong direction. What do you mean, Lord? He asked in confusion. Walk outside, commanded the voice. He walked outside and looked down at the dirty porch, but still saw no food. There's nothing here, Lord. You're looking in the wrong direction. He looked up at the sky, but saw only clouds. I still don't see any food, Lord. 
Look straight ahead, said the voice. He looked straight ahead. And there was a sign posted on the building across the street. Laborers wanted, lunch will be provided. All you got to do is look ahead, folks. All you've got to do is look ahead. Your future is not what you left behind you. Your future is what's ahead of you. Don't put down the future because the past treated you poorly. Don't distrust everyone because someone broke their trust to you. Don't feel like you have nothing to live for just because things have not worked out like you thought they would. I'm telling you, God is faithful. I can promise you that the same God that brought us through 2017 to this, the last day of the year. Who could ever imagine this year would pass as quickly as it did? I just filed my taxes, seems like, and it's time to do it again. I just had to sit down and go through those 500 pieces of paper and I got to do it all over again. That's how fast time's going. That's how quickly our opportunities are passing by. That's how quickly your life is passing by. I can remember when I was young. I can barely remember. But I can remember when I was young. I remember when I looked forward to Christmas time. Because that was such an exciting thing. We'd get an apple and an orange and a string of those raisins that I talked about last week. But it was special because family was coming home. That made it special. And now children get stuff every day. Makes you wonder. These children of Israel had seen the handiwork of God every day. Every day, every day, every day. I mean, they got that pillar of fire by night, pillar of cloud by day. Every day, God saying, I'm right there with you. Just look up. There it is. The cloud's going to shelter you from the hot sun. And the fire's going to warm you up at night. And also keep you so that the enemy can't get to you. I haven't forgotten you. I'm with you every day. When you need water, I get it to come out of a rock if I have to. You need, you need meat, I'll send the quail to you if I need to. I'm God. I can do anything. But now you've come to a place in life, you don't have to be spoon fed anymore. The spiritual pacifiers have been withdrawn. Now you're walking in faith. And you're learning to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your old understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. He's saying, church, stop trying to look for me in every little thing. Just know that I am with you and I will be with you all the way even to the end of the age. You don't have to worry about whether or not I'm there. I'm there. You can't get away from me if you wanted to. Though you go to the highest mountain, He's there. And though you descend to the lowest part of the ocean, behold, the Lord is still there. He's there. And He said, when you really need me, call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. I don't know what this year is going to hold. No one else does either. 
But I want to tell you one thing. I know who holds this year. And I know he holds my hand. And I'm so thankful that I'm part of the family of God. I'm so thankful that I found Him as my Savior and my Lord a long time ago. And I haven't always been what I should be. But God has always been faithful. And I've always been able to depend on Him and trust Him. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve today. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. Now our, our men are going to begin to hand out the elements. We're going to do the Lord's Supper this morning. And I wanted to do it specifically on the last Sunday of the year because I want it to be a time of remembrance, a time whenever we remember what God has done and what God has continued. Brethren, go ahead and get started. Go ahead and let's begin to pass out all of it to everyone as we get ready to participate in the Lord's Supper. What an awesome thing for us to remember how the Lord has blessed us and what He has done for us throughout this year. Hallelujah. We bless Him and we praise His name for all that He is. Glory to God.